Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to a special edition of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keith. I'm your host, Joy Keith, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys, or check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, or on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. You can also email me on Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. You want to follow on social media because I do a lot of giveaways, books, gift cards, all types of things. So you want to follow on one of those platforms so you don't miss, you know, the giveaway. You can also check the shows out on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. So if you miss something or you come in the middle of an interview, don't worry. Just look it up, and it will be there archived. Um, tonight, wow, amazing story. This young man was in prison. He was sentenced for seven years, um, and then he comes out and he starts a business, uh, exercise business, and he's hiring other people who are in prison, and he's being successful at it. Crazy story. His name is Cos Marte. Good evening, Cos. Hey, good evening. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Joy. Oh, thank you so much. I really like what you're doing, um, the business. But let's go back to the beginning of why were you sentenced to seven years in jail? Uh, so I, I, went, I went into prison for running one of the largest drug delivery services in New York City. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got involved with dealing drugs at a very early age. Uh, at 13, I started dealing weed, and it, it quickly escalated to selling all types of drugs, cocaine, weed, heroin, um, and pills. And um, from there, you know, it all caught, caught up to me um, at 23. But uh, at 19, I was making over $2 million a year and um, had over 20 people, you know, working for me at the time. So I blew up, but at 23, I, I, was, I ended up in the prison system and sentenced to seven years. So I, I read that somebody who did your delivery truck snitched on you. Is that true? Yeah. The, um, yeah. Long story short, it's a, it's a, a long story. Yeah. Somebody that was like uh, doing the dispatching uh, for us uh, basically would try to go behind our back and, and try to like steal customers away from me. Um, mm-hmm, and then we mm-hmm. took that phone that he had and that phone was being tapped by the feds. And so, Mm. Um, we, we kept operating with that phone, even though we had seven cell phones because each phone only held 2,500 contact numbers at the time. And this is, you know, pre-touchscreen phones. We're, we're talking about flip phones. And, um, and, and we, got, we got caught up. But then uh, one of my drivers, um, basically when the, when the feds came to come at, come at us, uh, they interrogated him and, he spilled all the beans. He, he he told them like exactly where everything was, and and they took it down. Mm. So where were you? I mean, can can you answer that? Where were you when they came for you? Uh, so I was actually um, I was dispatching. So when my dispatcher uh, basically like stole, you know, was stealing clients from me, I, I didn't trust anybody with the phone. So I started dealing with the phones myself. And so okay. I was managing the dispatching service and sending people. And and at that day, I don't know if you remember when uh, we had, like, Nextel radio chirp phones. 
Um, oh, yeah. So it was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's how we operated. All my drivers had chirp phones, and, and we were, you know, radioing them to, you know, go to different locations. And it's a 24-hour delivery service, so we're nonstop. And so uh, that day that I got caught up, um, I was sending all my drivers to different locations, and and the the, the beep on the phone back then, it, you know, there was always an error message if it didn't go through. So it was going beep, beep, beep. Mm. And every time I sent one client, one one, uh, one driver over to a client, uh, I kept saying that. And so after like seven drivers, um, I was like, what the hell? Like nobody's picking up the phone. I got customers mm-hmm. like, off the ass and, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to go up to the stash house and just pick up. I want to go pick up 100 bags to make a, you know, make up all the drops real quick on my, yeah. myself because uh, my number one thing was just always customer services first. And so mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. went up to the stash house. As soon as I was coming out of the stash house, uh, they basically raided me. So when you were in jail, this is where I read you came as a, learn something about yourself. Tell the audience, what did you learn about yourself once you got in jail? So when I went into prison, um, doctors there, basically they, they take your blood work. You, I, I didn't see a physician for so long, you know, running in the streets. I was just smoking weed all the time and drinking and not playing anything with sports or being active. And so uh, when I, when I got my blood work, uh, exam back, you know, the, the doctor sat me down and they told me my, my cholesterol levels were through the roof, my, that if I didn't start exercising or eating correctly, that I could probably die of a heart attack within five years. So I was like, what? Like, I'm only 23 years old, you know, like, mm-hmm. I can't, right. I, you, you're telling me I got five years and I, I'm being sentenced to seven. I don't want to die in prison. So I remember that day going back to my cell and just contemplating, and and then I started trying to work out. I did a couple push-ups, I could a, a couple dips off of the side of my bed, and and I was like, "Nah, this is way too hard. I, I can't. You know, I'm not gonna do this. Forget about this." So mm-hmm. I laid down on my bed, and I remember waking up the next day, and and um, the the officer on duty he calls out the rock yard and. You have to, you know, come out of your cell, go out to the rec yard. And I just kept thinking, I'm like, I, you know what, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to work out. And so I, I went outside and, and I started running laps around the prison yard. And people used to make fun of me for, uh, you know, being fat. And they used to call me mm-hmm. fat words and all that stuff. And, uh, but I, I, lost, I lost 70 pounds in six months and just kept it consistent. What can you tell people who, I mean, whether you're in prison or not in prison, I mean, how do you stay focused? Because, you know, a lot of people at the beginning of the year, I mean, right now, what is it, March, people are probably about to fall off from their, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this this year, this is the year, I'm going to make this my year. And by March, people have fallen off the, you know, exercise and been like, oh, I forget this, it's, it's not working. What can, what can you tell people? How can they stay motivated? Um. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's a it's a mindset, you know. If you if you really want it, you you're gonna do it, you know. I I think, uh, you know, you don't want to 
you you want to like just keep it consistent. You know, most people say like, all right, I'm gonna reach this goal and then I'm I'm all set. I mean, yeah, you could do that and it's great, but then eventually you start falling off and you have to make it a lifestyle. You know, you have to make it a routine. You know, I, I try to work out for myself like four, five, six times a week. You know, most of the mm-hmm. time, and and when I do take a break, I do feel like. I, don't, I feel guilty, you know, and that's just my mm. mindset. But you know, that's that's because I've been doing it for so long. Um, but for those people that you know ha- haven't done, you know, much, and they just do like one month, and they, you know, they they lose a little bit of weight. I mean, just just try to keep pushing, you know, and, and keep it consistent and keep it a routine. Uh, whether you just, you know. You're, you're you're walking long, taking over ten thousand steps a day, or jogging, or doing a workout class, or whatever. You know, just just get moving, be mobile. You mm-hmm. know, especially for people that you know have those nine to five jobs that just sit in the desk all day and, and are not doing anything. I mean, that that catches up to you. Oh, trust me, definitely working from home. You know, you you gained a lot of weight this past two years with this COVID situation going on, people are losing yeah. their minds. And exercise, you know, industry really uh, boom. But but I just want to go back to you. When you were in prison, I was reading that, like, actually right before you were about to get out, you had an unfortunate altercation. Um, mm-hmm. What happened with that? Um, and, and how did you overcome or, you know, how did, like, that uh, get put to, to, to bed, so to speak, so that you could get out? Yeah, no, I, uh, towards the end of my incarceration, I, I had a altercation with an officer that, that led me to solitary confinement. And, um, I had about two months to be released and this officer, you know, basically started searching me really aggressively. And, and as he was searching me, I, I basically like twitched my body a little bit, uh, as he went between my legs and I felt uncomfortable and, and he, uh, he, he basically, punched me behind my head and he said today's not my day don't fuck with me excuse my language but Mm -hmm. uh, he knocked me he knocked me down to the ground and and as I I got I got up again I turned around on the officer to avoid another hit but he he basically thought I was going to hit him and he presses he pressed his button and his walkie-talkie and and uh, about a half a dozen officers come to the scene They, they beat the crap out of me and and I ended mm. up in a box. Uh, we call it a box solitary confinement where I was in 24-hour lockdown, you know, and you got two showers a week. You got limited food. You know, it's about 110 degrees in there. Um, you know, it's, you know, you know if, I, if, I, if I think about hell, that's hell, you know. That's, that's what hell. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I was I was seeing some of the stuff that you're doing, but but what the reason I brought that up is because being in that limited space, you still tried to um, I guess this this con body you use that concept of a limited space and using your body weight um, to to get the exercise in, and uh, yeah. I think that's that's really important. It's like no matter where you are, there's ways of you know unless of course you have some kind of physical illness or something that's different. But like if you're healthy otherwise, uh, you know even if the in a solitary confinement space, you were able to somehow get some movement going. Then us a person who has an apartment <laughs> or who can walk outside, you know, 
can, you know, get their steps in, like you said, or, you know, jog or whatever, use your steps to push-ups and things like that. So I think that's um, really great. And the, the calm body Absolutely. thing, so, so, so the calm body thing, now when did that start? Because you're getting out and you're going to look for a job, or did it happen before you got out? Where did the calm body idea well, come that- from? The, the the calm body idea came from solitary confinement. So when I was in that mm-hmm. cell, you know, I started really contemplating on like what I really wanted to do with my life, and I didn't want to like go back to selling drugs or hurting people. So I, I, uh, I was already helping the inmates in the yard. So before I went into solitary, I actually helped over twenty inmates. It was over a thousand pounds combined. So um, while I was there, I was like, damn, I have a passion for this. I'm like. I want to do this, you know, so I I created this whole workout routine. I wrote out a whole 90-day workout plan um, where I used only my body weight or small constrained space and, and, you know, worked with the the tools that I had, you know, and so I just made it, made it happen. And, um, and I said, this is what I wanted to do when I came home. And I was released a year later from that situation. And I started, started doing it. You know, it was it was hard um, when I came home. I could, I, you know, obviously I needed a job. I didn't have any money, and um, and and as somebody that's been incarcerated, it's, it's extremely difficult to find a job when you come home. And and so I, I, I went from Times Square to Herald Square. I went to every retail store up in Midtown and just asking for jobs, mm-hmm. and everybody was denying me because of my record. But I. I, on the side, I had this idea, and I and as soon as I came home, I just started doing it in my local park. I was I was out there twice a day, um, you know, trying to scramble up people. I I noticed that there was a lot of uh, females wearing yoga pants running around the neighborhood. I'm like, hey, you know, this, this, this could be my target market, you know. So I started look, you know, you know right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I started pitching everybody that looked like they were going to work out, you know, so. Uh, eventually, I started growing my clientele from there. So, um, you also have you're hiring people who were uh, formerly incarcerated, and do you have like guidelines of like people you will and won't hire? Uh, how do you decide who you will hire? You know, yep. because uh, you have to have some kind of guidelines because um, you know people are going to ask that question probably like you know how. Uh, is this person trustworthy? Like, you know, if they're doing like, you know, that people are going to come up with a question. I know. Yeah, no, I've, um, the, the only people that I haven't hired is, is sex offenders. Uh, we, we deal with a lot of women. Um, I, I feel like, you know, that's, that's just another area I don't want to touch. Um, mm-hmm, I hope mm-hmm. people that have, you know, those mental health issues, you know, hopefully they could get some help. Um, I don't want to discriminate against anybody, but, um, yeah, that's the that's the only type of people that we haven't hired. Mm-hmm. And now um, you are um, starting a foundation. What is that? Mm-hmm. What does that entail? Um, and what is that about? Yeah, so our, our, uh, the Combody Foundation uh, basically uh, helps us train the individuals and getting them combody certified, you know, and then onboarding them. So when we okay. already started it, so what we do is when anybody comes home from prison or, you know, they've been incarcerated, but they've been out trying to find a job, 
uh, we get tons of jail mail. We get people hitting us up from all over the country. Uh, so we created a, a internship program. Um, so the foundation basically funds the person to get certified, but also as soon as they walk in the door and they're willing to do a two month and two and a half months uh, internship with us, uh, we we pay for it. Um, we we okay. we fund we fund the certification. We fund um, the time um, at a minimum wage, 25 hours a week, uh, so they could get money in their pocket right away. You know, and nobody starts as a trainer with us. Everybody starts as a janitorial front desk position. Um, and then when they move up, if they get certified, they want to move forward with the field. So after two and a half months, we onboard them. One of the important things you talk about is, like, you don't have any money when you get out of prison. Uh, a lot of people exactly. may not know that uh, people who have been in prison may not be eligible for welfare uh, benefits, um, for, for specific housing uh, benefits. They also may not know that you have fines that you're expected to pay. Have you mm-hmm. experienced any of those things, or you know people who have experienced those issues? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when when I was released from prison, I was, you know, and all the people that I hire were released with $40 in a bus ticket. You know, what do you do with the $40? You, you, you buy your first meal at McDonald's, you know, on the bus stop. Mm-hmm. You, you buy that meal because you haven't had fast food, you know, and $20 out the door right there. And then you buy a Metro card and, you know, half of that, and you're saving your pennies, you know, and, and it, it gets, it gets really difficult, you know, and I was homeless. Um, you know, there's people that live in, in shelters, um, you know, it's it's just it's a messed up system, you know, and I feel like they need to fig- figure out a way um, on how to really, you know, we, we talk about correctional facilities, you know, and, and that word correctional is uh, used as, as in the penal system as punishment. And and I feel like we yeah, need to correct too. the problem. Yeah, we need to correct the problem, not 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 punish the problem, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, we have more prisoners than anybody else in the whole globe, the United yeah. States, you know. Yeah. And um, I was um, listening to a friend of mine. They, I have a podcast, um, and uh, they had gone overseas. I think it was, uh, it was Germany. I think it was Germany, um, one of the European countries. They went over, and they were visiting a prison. And in the prison, um, the inmates, they had their own so to speak, apartments, or they or yep. their cell had a door and the door could lock. The um, they also were allowed to use utensils. You can't do that here, you know. Um, yeah. And um, a- another country I know, they had basically the prison guards were actually social workers, and they were they were assigned different inmates to work with to try to get them ready for the outside world. Um, you know, and also in the prison, they were allowed to go on trips. They would go on trips to take them so that they would be prepared. Like, this is what's going on in the real world. You need to see what happens so we don't just drop you out on a bus with $40, you know, type of thing. Um, So, you know, the United States, um, for me, I feel like it's another form of slavery because there's so many black and brown people. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, in, it, in, it, in the it, system. It, 
it, it states it in the 13th Amendment. You know, in the 13th Amendment, it states if you've been incarcerated, not word for word, but if you've been incarcerated or you're incarcerated, you're subject to being a slave. And so, you know, we, we, we think about the time when slavery was abolished. You know, we had these white, you know, cotton field owners or farm owners, had all these black people working in the field. You're free. They go out to be free, and they're not working the fields no more. So, you know, these these white owners are not going to go pick up their own stuff. So they create the 13th Amendment, which incarcerates mm-hmm. the individuals, brings them back to the field, and, you know, do the, the, the slavery work. Um, you know, and it's still happening today with corporations using us as, as you know, paying us cents. Uh, to to do stuff in there. For example, um, when I was incarcerated, I was working for the Department of Motor Vehicles of New York State. You know, most people don't know when you call, you know, the prison in New York State, the Department of Motor Vehicles, you're talking to an inmate who's working as a customer service agent. And we're getting getting paid less than 10 cents an hour. You know, uh, 40, I was getting paid my check in the prison was $40 a month, you know, and, and that's what, that's what you used to eat, you know, and that's what you go to commissary with, but, you know, $40 a month when you're working full time, you know, think about it, you know, when any, any type of customer service job in the street, you're you're getting paid at least $15, $20 an hour. So it's just, uh, it's a, it's a crazy system. And there's other larger corporations like Victoria's Secret, you know, that's, Female prisons making, you know, undergarments. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when they went Well, you know, people, people yep. first, let me just say, you know, I'm being devil's advocate here. People are going to say, well, you committed a crime. I mean, what did you think you were going to go, you know, sit and lift your feet up and watch cable, like, all day long? You, no, what I say think to those that, people, that, you know? I think, I think there should definitely be uh, – work in there you know i don't think you should be like mm-hmm. kicking up your feet and just hanging out um i okay. i appreciate that there was stuff to do um but i think they should be paid more you know i think mm-hmm. they should be you know paid enough where you know they could save a little bit of money and come out with you know maybe a couple thousand dollars if you're doing a couple years in prison you know and be ready to use some of that money to be live a stable life but you know that yeah. that forty dollars a month was going towards you know the food that I could eat, you know, and then inside the prison. Yeah, in, inside the prison, and then you have mm-hmm. um, then you have fees that you pay when you come out. You know, you have to pay thirty dollars a month to parole. You know, and some right. states are even more. Yeah, it's crazy because um, that's one of the issues. Is like even minimum wage in certain areas is not $15 an hour. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, if, if you're able to get a job, but one of the things you talked about when you came out is you know, hundreds of places, you know, denied you and um, they have the issue of the ban the box, uh, yep. you know, in different states um, and, and every state is, is dealing with it differently. Do you know the status of it maybe about in the terms of a federal level? Have, have, they, have there anything been moved ahead to make it like a federal law um so it's uniform no. um no no it's it's only uh state by state 
And so there's still different states that, that have different regulations. Um, New York State did bang the, ban the box, uh, mm-hmm. fortunately. Um, but, yeah, there's, I believe, I think there's, there's a good 30-somewhat um, that still Yeah, in uh, Pennsylvania have, have um, is, is doing yeah. Oh, 30, I have not done it, you're saying, have not done it. Yeah, that have not done it, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, how do you expect somebody? I think it's really um, a, a setup. I think it's a setup, just like you were saying with, you know, slavery in the past. And think about it, slaves were free, but free to do what? <laughs> they didn't have any money, you know. They, they didn't have a house. They didn't have any land. You know, they were supposed yeah. to get, you know, 40 acres and a mule at some point and some, you know, what, one out of probably a 1,000 got something maybe. But, you know, and, and what were they supposed to do? So, um it definitely was a, a, I think a setup, and they don't want people to succeed um, because that's a lot of people. Think about it. All the people yeah. that get out of prison, if they were able to succeed or at least maintain, if they were able to get their voting rights, you know, just to vote, that is a scary thing for these politicians, you know. They, they don't want that to happen. You know, um, yeah. in New York, yeah. uh, do you, what's the status in New York? Can people vote if they um, yeah, have the felony record? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They, they passed I, I the think law it two years ago now. Yeah. Two years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, how many people do you have working for you now? Uh, Fifteen um, in, in, the, in the combat side, nonprofit side. Uh, I have nine people. Um, yeah. So, wow. And so tell us about your website and how they can connect with you. Yeah, so you can reach out if you want more information at Conbody, that's C-O-N, as in Nancy, B-O-D-Y, dot com. Um, again, that's Conbody.com, or you can hit me up on Instagram at C-O-N-B-O-D-Y. Uh, check us out, you know, follow us. Tag us, you know, see our stories, see if uh, we inspire you to m- get moving and, and do something with your life. So, and you don't have to come in to the place. You can do stuff online, right? Correct? Yep. We have it all virtual, you know. So I, I all feel, virtual, uh, yeah. There's no, there's no excuses. All you need is a small constrained space, your body weight, and your favorite formerly incarcerated person to get that prison body you've always desired. So. If you're at home or you've got your, your, your phone, camera, whatever you have, uh, you could sign up for a live stream class, and we have classes for $14 a month, uh, which are pre-recorded videos, which is extremely affordable to anyone. So uh, check us out. You also have T-shirts, and you have some tops and baseball caps and knit caps. You're selling on your website um, yeah. so people can buy those. Um, does yeah, some of that money go to your foundation? Um how how does that work? Uh, or just just yeah, no, for, the, for the, the profit side? The, yeah, it's on the for profit side, but I, I like that idea, so I I think I'm gonna I want to <laughs> put something. Oh man, see, I've been giving people all kinds <laughs> of ideas on my show, like oh, this should be a movie, you know? Oh my God, did you think about a musical? Now you want, mm, mm, I'm, I'm, mm, see, I'm gonna have to like do. We're gonna have to get a percentage out of there or something. Or you gonna have to give some money to my nonprofit or like you know I stretch yours like you stretch mine type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. okay, okay. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Oh, my God. Um, so I always do some quick questions, okay? Uh, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Um, superpower, uh, surviving. The surviving. Surviving, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and who would you take? Uh, I would definitely take my wife anywhere, um, anywhere in the world. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's a few places I haven't been to, but I, I, I definitely want to check like, um, you know, Thailand and, and that region mm. of the world. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Peanut butter and jelly or turkey and cheese? Uh, Prison, peanut butter, and jelly. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, That's a survival kit in prison. <laughs> That's a survival kit. If you had a hundred bucks, what would you do with it? A hundred bucks. Uh, I would save um, twenty dollars. I would uh, eat twenty bucks, and I would I would give away twenty, um, and I would buy some. I would buy some clothes. Okay. Okay. Just a hundred bucks. Well, yeah, a yeah, hundred bucks nowadays doesn't go too far, man. And oh, especially yeah. in New York. Yeah. Unless you super. unless you know where to go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Well, thank you so much, Cos, for coming on today. I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time. I also love what you're doing. I want to let the audience know he also has a TED Talk online. If you want to check that out, it's really cool. TED Talk, and you no, you're going to be doing another that. one. When, when's the next one coming up? And, and, and uh, uh, yeah. where is that? Yeah, I'm Do doing another, another TED Talk April 9th in uh, Berkeley, California. Check it out. It's going to be live streamed on YouTube. So uh, tune in. Okay. It's going to be so fun. So just go to the TED TED Talk website, and then they can they can find out how to, uh, yeah, right, to stream right it. YouTube. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. And those TED Talks are great. It's like only like, what, seven minutes, ten minutes you get to talk? Yeah, some some are longer. You know, some people get 15 minutes. You get about max 15 minutes. I'm okay, sure. Okay, max 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're shooting for that. All right, Cass. Well, uh, you have a good night. Go eat a nice Thank you, jelly sandwich. I like strawberry jelly. I don't know. Are you great? Yeah, or like, strawberry your... jelly for sure. Strawberry. For sure, okay. Strawberry. Yes. See, we're buddies, man. We're buddies. We got the lemon <laughs> coffee. We got the strawberry jelly. All right. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, okay? All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with Cos Marte. He's the founder of ConBody. You want to check them out. They're online, ConBody.com. He's working. Uh, he was incarcerated himself, and he started a business to help people lose weight because he helped himself lose weight and others in jail. And now he's hiring people who were in jail as instructors to teach everybody else how to lose weight. You can be in a small, confined space. You don't need a lot of equipment or anything. And he's doing things online. You can use your cell phone or, you know, your computer um, to, to tune in to an instructor um, to help you, you know, lose weight um, anywhere you are. Again, no equipment. And it's very affordable. He also has some cool T-shirts, baseball caps, and knit caps um, online for sale. And uh, I think I might give away uh, one of his T-shirts. So you want to follow me at Joy Keys 
on Twitter. Also check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Also, you can check the show out on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, uh, Google, and as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to be speaking with uh, an author about her book, Business Not As Usual, um, Sheila T. Cooper. So you want to check that out. That's going to be at 11.30 a.m. this coming Saturday. You, go, you guys have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. Wonder if you should get tested for colorectal cancer? Well, it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., so if you're 50 or older, it's time. Screening helps find precancerous polyps so they can be removed. Remove the polyp, prevent the cancer. Did you know there's more than one screening test? Talk to your doctor to find the one that's right for you. No more excuses, because colorectal cancer screening really does save lives. A message from HHS and CDC's Screen for Life campaign.